And as I went to glue, there was a thin piece of hair hanging down. Well, it just took the glue and flipped over and sat between his eyelashes and I glued his eyes shut. And his solo number was like, he was on in, let's say, six minutes. Ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films, TV shows and theatre productions you watch? Well, Crew Chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions. I'm Poonam and I usually work in the costume department. Whenever I tell people what I do, they're always fascinated. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love? Francesca Jordan is a hair and makeup artist. She studied makeup and prosthetics performance at the London College of Fashion. After graduating, Francesca got work experience on IT views this morning which eventually led to a permanent job and where she currently works. Alongside this she worked in the week's department at the National Theatre in the evenings which she did for three years. Francesca has worked on a variety of jobs from creating prosthetic characters for the Martin Lewis Money Show to doing the makeup for female bodybuilding competitions alongside her job on this morning. Hi Fran. Hey Poonam. Uh, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Happy to be here. Um, so you're a hair and makeup artist and a lot of your experience, you've had a varied career, but the majority of your experience has been in the TV world. Now, what does your job as a hair and makeup artist in that specific realm involve? What it involves being a hair and makeup artist, especially for live TV, is making sure that you get the people ready before they go on set. And we tend to do checks on set. In fact, there's normally always a floor person who that is their priority. They stay on and they wait in between each segment, and so they'll go in and check people. The, the things we normally check for are just you want to make sure that the hair is not out of place, you want to make sure that the um, there isn't too much shine, because the lights in TV can be a little bit unforgiving. So we do try to control shine um, under the eyes, you know, around the nose, that type of thing. And and yeah, last minute checks. So anything that um, might include like a top up of lip gloss or, or a lip if they're wearing it, but overall, it's just to make sure that person's comfortable before they before they sit down. So the I guess the live TV in respect that we're referring to is this morning. That is correct. Um, yeah. So you're working with people that are then obviously going on to you see them every day. I'm assuming well, most days you see them five days a week, I guess, don't you? Yeah. What kind of relationship do you have with those people, the presenters or the guests that are on that show? Um, and how important is it to build a relationship with people that you're putting makeup on or doing their hair for? It's it's really I think it's like 50 percent of the job, if I'm honest, because we have a lot of um, we call them human interest stories, which could be quite sensitive. Um, so it's very important to make sure that you you kind of have to get people in that realm ready because there's there's sort of one because it's with it being live, it's sort of a one chance. It does put people on edge. Yeah. You know, there's no sort of doing it again. So I would say, yeah, it's really, really important to make people feel comfortable and keep a relationship with the presenters. And we do have regular members of the ITV family that come on. And it's just it's that's the right word. It's a family. It's a really happy environment. Everyone knows everyone. People have been there for years. So there's just a really nice camaraderie about the place. Oh, that's lovely. Because I think when you think of, like you said, when you think of hair and makeup, um, I think most people's minds kind of switch to looking very extremely different to what you normally look like, say if it's an actor, actress, whoever, on a screen. But I think there's something so sensitive and familial about making someone look, still look themselves. And I guess you do that every day, don't you? It is. It's having to tap into making somebody look like the best version of themselves. You know, you're not, they're not characters, they're just themselves. So you kind of have to meet in the middle between 
what they want to look like and what you know is going to work well for them against the lights and the cameras. So it's finding that middle ground and being able to approach it in the right way, especially if you have someone that really doesn't like makeup and you can maybe try and find um, a nice way of saying this would... Um, enhance. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even about enhancing. Sometimes it's about it's maybe the way someone's got the hair is quite a distracting way, ah, if that okay. makes any sense. We've had a yeah. few situations where it's it doesn't work. Like we've all done this. You take a picture of yourself, you look fantastic from one angle and then from the other angle, you're, oh my absolute God, what happened to my hair? <laughs> well, that that happens, especially on TV, because it sometimes is only going to work from a certain angle. Uh, so we have to kind of diplomatically what we know about how, how they're going to look. And thankfully we do, you know, they trust us and we, we go for it. Well, yeah, I guess because like you've mentioned before about being a family, that you do build a rapport and a, a trust, like you say, with them. So you know that ultimately you have their best interests because yes at heart. yeah absolutely yeah you you just I mean you just want it to look good you know what I mean like everybody if you take pride in what you do it only about it reflects in your work <laughs> yeah exactly that's so too so I'm going to circle back to the beginning of your career how did you get into the hair and makeup world gosh from the very beginning I well I came to study at LCF which is where I met you Woo! and we did our little woo. <laughs> We did have a little project together. We did. Oh my God, what was that like? I don't know, 10 years, eight years ago? I can't remember. No, it was. Um, yeah, so I actually got work experience possibly a couple of weeks after we graduated. Amazing. And it was for ITV. And I went and did a, work, a week's work experience. And oh my God, it was amazing. But I know that other people had it lined up too. Um, wow. And what happened was someone who was supposed to come in the week after me had cancelled. I think they were sick. So I, they obviously just said, look, do you want to do you want to come in for the second week? And I was like, uh, yeah. So I was <laughs> like, right. OK. And, you know, I'm not being funny when you work somewhere for two weeks. Really, it's just about people being familiar with you. People can't be bothered to relearn people over, you know, over and over again. So I just made sure I listened. I was really observant. And then they asked me to stay. And Aww. the rest is history. But you also it's kind of crazy actually when we were talking about this but you worked at ITV in the mornings and then you went and did uh worked in the wigs department in, at the theatre in the evening didn't you I did so the, it was you couldn't write it but I got um once I'd just been confirmed the job at ITV I got a message saying hi we're we the wigs department at the National Theatre there's a position would you like to come and I thought oh my god I can't believe it like another amazing establishment which happened to be next door to ITV literally the building was next door to it so I would honestly highly convenient because I would finish this morning hot tail it out of there be like bye everyone run run over to start my job at the National Theatre and start prepping wigs and you know do the show I wouldn't get home till 11 get home and redo the whole thing every day (laughs) so so yeah I I got a a really amazing opportunity for two completely different mediums in the hair and makeup world so it taught me a lot in them three years and then how did you find the difference from tv and then also theater so theater was really really it's a routine there is a routine and you you don't really stray from it and live TV especially is a lot about thinking on your feet. Each day is completely different. So having to having to balance the first half of my day being completely thinking on your feet. You know, like you could be up the shard one minute. You could be oh, wow. out, on the, out on the front the other minute. You could be 
in the makeup room I don't know under like they would film from so many different locations that you just have to make sure you would pick someone that you knew would be I always used to follow the um, assistant floor manager so they are your best friend guys assistant floor managers wherever they are on their headset you follow them because they are where the next item is being filmed <laughs> so I would finish that be absolutely like all over the joint and then run over and do the theatre which was I would have to do the exact same thing every 20 minutes there would be a routine until the evening wow yeah I guess I guess they probably both they each like well they clearly gave you a whole set of skills which you could apply to the other in a different way I guess absolutely each was so like I learned so much in them three years that yeah it's it's a skill set that you can learn and you know what even when you're going to film that's completely different too Mm. so it's it's very valuable for anyone that I would say wants to come into this um into this industry I would say do a little bit in everywhere because you'll see how not the, the same rules really don't apply. Yeah, they're such all they're all different, and I guess that people work in different ways. There's different setups. It's just a mm. it's just a great way to learn. So it's that's good advice. Um, so you've worked on a very interesting variety of things. Um, so you've obviously done TV, theatre, but you also worked on um, is it women's bodybuilding uh, competition? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like I said make sure you try everything because I mean literally I used to um every Saturday for about a year and a half I'd go with a team of makeup artists we went from Manchester all over London and we would get the ladies ready for the bodybuilding championships and do you know what it's just like really it's really amazing it's almost like it's a fashion show essentially the um process but it's just different I don't know when I look back at what what it was I'm like oh, love it it's, it's so and you've also done things like Martin Lewis the money man I think everyone probably knows who has heard of him or has gone on his website to some degree to look for some advice but you also did his um features didn't you that he does the little video his, his little his little characters yeah so I I look after Martin Lewis when we do the sketches that are featured in his program and, you know, I get a little message saying, can we do Scrooge? Can we do the Joker? Can we do the Hulk? I once completely painted a giant body double green. I mean, I still have makeup brushes that are green from that job. And then I had to do Martin's face green. It's so much fun working on them little comedy sketches with him. He's a good sport. I, I can imagine. He seems like one too. Oh, I, it, it. I bet. I bet. It kind of comes across as quite a fun person, to be honest. <laughs> so when you're working in these environments obviously you're touching people's you're very close to people's faces you're in there you're literally in their faces I guess and their hair um and it's a very personal thing that you're doing what happens when it doesn't quite go right how do you deal with that or if are there any instances where it doesn't go quite right oh my or- god yeah of course all the time I mean the thing is it you can be as this most skilled person in the world but you know if someone wants if someone doesn't feel if they're not feeling it you know they're not feeling it and when that happens I remove the emotion from a situation I don't take it personally I can see if someone's uncomfortable and I'll just say to them you know can you explain I'll just explain sort of um what would you tweak if you were doing it you know make it like easy for them to approach you and say oh you know it's not the color's not me and if I really find that that they're unhappy I do just say by the way you're more than welcome to use any of my stuff if you want to just sort of get it in the right place and then ask me if you want me to tell you that it's okay I just remove the 
remove the awkward thing because some people just like to do it themselves. Even if there is a makeup artist there, they like to do, you know, the final zhuzh of the fringe or they like to do the final flick of the eyeliner. I think the key is just to not be too, um, don't be wounded by someone else wanting to do a final touch. Oh, I didn't realise that. It kind of makes sense. I guess it makes sense though, doesn't it? Because... Oh, yeah. I would do it. I'm fussy as hell. Like, if I was having someone do my hair, I know I like to be the last person to put a wispy bit somewhere or, you know, make it a bit messier. Yeah. Or So I just think don't be insulted by it. No, I think that's a good attitude to have, actually, because I think I, I think yeah, that's applicable to across all loads of different things. And I think, for example, I know for us, when we in our department, when we make we make X amount of things and not all those things get used. But I think it's so I think initially you might find it hard to remove yourself from that, but you kind of have to because you think, well, ultimately it's a you're just there to make this thing happen you're not there to kind of get too attached as it were well yeah it's like a coming together isn't it because I guess if you make a costume that's your baby but when you put somebody in it they have to get their character it has to fit their character to how it has to meet in the middle to meet in the middle and that is the same that when you get someone ready yes you provide in this service and yes you've got this fab idea but if it doesn't feel like them it's not going to work for anyone unless you meet in the middle yeah that's so true um so uh, have you got any funny stories? Have how long do you have, Poonam? <laughs> um, I remember that was a really testing time. I just started the National Theatre, and I was looking at you get sort of assigned um people to look after. So I had my characters that I was assigned, and I had this really lovely guy who was actually from Darlington, which is really close to where I'm from, and so we had this really nice sort of like camaraderie together. And anyway, he had a big solo number that was like closing the first act and um so I sat down and I have to put this I put him in this sort of 19 not 19 sorry 1750s wig or whatever it was and I put it <laughs> and I lifted it up but it was a nightmare his hair was like yak hair like it was thick and poking out all over the joint and I had to glue the front lace down and as I went to glue there was a thin piece of hair hanging down well it just took the glue and flipped over and sat between his eyelashes and I glued his eyes shut and his solo number was like he was on in let's say six minutes and he just sat there and I was like okay internally I'm having a meltdown but he was so chill he was like Fran I need you to go and find someone to unglue me eye go now (laughs) I was like okay remember I've been doing this for like what six months Oh, thankfully, the makeup, you know, the wigs team are like hot on it. And we sat there. He was so calm. I wasn't calm. He was calm. But yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh... <laughs> and we should say he was fine. I'm assuming. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Disclaim <laughs> his it. Eye. Yeah. Well, his left one is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless. But I'm assuming it was something you guys could laugh about to a degree afterwards. Oh my maybe. God. It was... Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we laughed about it over a pint, you know, very soon after. It was fine. <laughs> I think, do you know what, I went on holiday the next day and I think I just lied on that beach and was like, I need this. <laughs> I need I this. The thing is, though, when, especially when you've not been working for very long, something like that happens to you and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be hired. Like, I think everything in your mind just goes on, like, I'm never going to be hired again. They're never oh going to trust me. You're never going to, like, yeah. like, I can totally feel where you're coming from. I'd, I would be panicking too. It's the, there is, like you just think it's the end of the world and that's what I want to say to people is it's not the end of the world everybody's done something stupid so it's fine everybody makes mistakes right and I guess it's a great way to learn so the thing is the thing is when you do it and you do it and you really 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 you know crap yourself 
you trust me you don't do it again not in the same way no I get well that's part of the learning process isn't it I think Mm -hmm. um I'm gonna just ask you about wigs actually because um I think people when they see something on tv or on a screen um where there's some an actor actress is wearing a wig they will not realize the time that has gone into making that wig could you very briefly run me through how the wig making process starts if you can right so the the wig making process we take a head shape um normally with like cellophane and it, so we've got um the exact measurements we take it over then we cover that with sellotape so we we firm the um head shape up we take the cellophane wrap that we've took from someone's head um we fit it to a wig block and then we pad out the wig block with we can do tissue or you can use sort of cotton wool anything to give you that rough shape then we tend to use wig lace which will vary depending on whether you use it in film you would use a lot finer hd wig lace because obviously the cameras um can detect it quite easily Uh, or you would use thicker if you had like to go in theater and you needed something more hard wearing then this is the this is the fun bit (laughs) but you use you collect your hair um and you filter it in one by one this is a one by one. Now, when you say one by one, you mean strand by strand. strand. Oh, it it does depend. If you go towards towards the front, you would use strand by strand. Uh, sorry, the front of the hairline, strand by strand for a finer look. As you get closer to the middle and the back, yeah, it, you can lift it to about two to three strands. But yeah, still a lot. Of it. Oh still yeah, lot. I mean, it is. Do you know what? It's very satisfying. So if you're into crocheting or you're into needlework it's a satisfying thing to do but it's a knack there's yeah. a knack I, like you say it's a satisfying thing but and not many people will appreciate the time that goes into it because if you think about how many strands of hair there are on our, our own heads oh my gosh I, I don't even know how many there are to be honest like what's the term for how you actually apply the hair to the lace called um so it's called wig knotting and you just get a knotting hook and yeah you go off go to town strand by strand that's crazy and do you use um i know from speaking to people that have sort of been been doing that they use different varieties of hair so you can use human hair synthetic hair or animal hair depending on what you're yeah totally depending on what depending on the outcome and what you the variation what you want it to look like the character um whether it's going to be used um repeatedly or or the heat you know like a lot of synthetic hair is not necessarily great with heat so you know if you've got something that requires a very specific style human hair is kind of the only way to go it's interesting it's so fascinating because i think if people saw a wig on someone wearing a wig on television or in the cinema or something you would just would not think that there has been x amount of time at least maybe you people do think i don't know but um Oh, no, it's not underestimated. I think definitely, it's definitely underestimated. You're right, it's definitely underestimated about the amount of time that someone's actually sat there and made that. It's Mm -hmm. not something they've just picked up. Sometimes it might have been something they've rented from somewhere, but more often than not, especially on principal characters, I guess, it's something that's handmade. And and you know what? It's quite like, I don't know, I'm sure you're the same now, but it's very difficult watching films and not clocking like badly made things. So when you can't tell that someone, if if it's a wig, if it's not a wig, that's when someone's done their their job yeah definitely we always say if you don't um I think a lot of people have said on episodes that if you don't notice something so they've been speaking in reference to costume if something sort of blends in with the world around them and the characters and you don't notice the job is the kind of it's it's working it's right yeah right kind of you've kind of um you've sort of seeped into it you've bought into the story rather than feeling like you know 
it's out of place yes exactly um what are the highlights of your job what do you really enjoy I love how like ridiculous it is I think it's a it's like a yeah because you find yourself I was on a what is it a London bus with Alison Hammond going around Piccadilly Circus while she ran out the bus to ask people like quiz questions I was just I can't believe I'm on this bloody bus at like I don't know I know that's not a crazy um, experience but you know uh, doing Tony Hadley's makeup while he performed uh, you know True by Spandau Ballet um, at the top of the shard for a wedding so right now that it's I just some some days you you know you could be on a cruise ship doing something ridiculous you can be in like a hotel spa doing a shoot and you know do you know what it is accessing places that I know that I certainly would never have gone to <laughs> yeah it's just I guess you have so much variety in your eyes are, like you get to see things otherwise you wouldn't be able to you do you you know you could be on a location house that you think oh my god is this how people live it's like being it's like being the nauseous person from hell being <laughs> <laughs> yeah right oh <laughs> I was speaking to you beforehand and listening to the variety of stuff that you've done I was just like this is amazing like the women's bodybuilding thing I was like oh obviously they must have you just don't think about it because it is kind of like a fashion like you said it's a bit of a fashion show so obviously they have people do they have people that style them as well is that really like no I don't think they do that either I think they well they they don't wear anything they wear like tiny tiny bikinis to show that body off they've spent like oh god I don't know how long they've spent maybe a year like prepping for it and Crazy. bless them you know like a lot of them they don't drink uh water or anything or eat anything beforehand because you have to reduce the <laughs> you didn't ask but you know I'm just telling you in case you want to do bodybuilding but uh yeah they don't drink water so that they're dehydrated beforehand oh that doesn't sound fun well no. it makes the muscles look bigger so apparently it's a good thing oh okay yeah. I don't want to be bodybuilder <laughs> Case, you never know. I'm too lazy <laughs> oh my god the commitment yeah exactly um if someone said here's any job like what would be our ideal job okay right I'm saying this just because I'm a massive drag queen fan I don't know if I'd necessarily enjoy the pressure but let's just say it was amazing I would love to do RuPaul I can imagine or design a wig for him or um because I design form wigs as well and just Ooh. to have something I don't know it just to be in that environment that you love would be really special yeah I think it's really it's really really um I don't know if you have this when you're growing up but when you watch something and you think oh I wish I think a lot of us probably have had this where you watch something you want to be I want to be doing that and then you're there doing it I think that's such an amazing it is but you know it's weird because because I you know obviously thought god I just love to work in tv and then when it happened it's weird how it shifts next because you always think that would never happen but it becomes you 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 like it's what's the next thing yeah it's climb I think yeah it becomes your normal and then you're looking for your next challenge aren't you absolutely which is good I think I think it's always to keep it fresh and do something aim high yeah exactly and we get to be creative so it's a really I guess we want to challenge ourselves creatively as well so it's nice to have a variety and like you've done so many different things so it's great to have variety to be able to like just experience different things so I think that's pretty cool um so we are coming to the end of the podcast, but I come to my favourite bit, which is your favourite to watch recommendations. Right. So I've got three because I was thinking about this. I was trying to narrow everything down. I am going to say, right, Hollywood is fantastic. I'm kind of new to the Ryan Murphy party, who's the director of um, Glee, which wasn't my thing. Oh. 
Ah. Wasn't my thing at all, right? So that's why I kind of bypassed Glee. I watched Hollywood on Netflix, and it, if you want a beautiful, beautiful, like saturated 1950s glam Hollywood experience, you need to watch it. Uh, it's on. It's I've, someone else actually mentioned it to me as well, and I think you were. So I think I should probably watch it. You need honestly. If you the thing is, I like my period. I say mm. period dramas. I like anything with a bit of an era that's sort of before I don't know the noughties. So it's it's right up your street if you like that. Um, and Ryan Murphy also directs um, the American horror American horror stories, and it is for makeup and hair. It is excellent watch it you get a bit of everything watch out for the wigs the gore oh my god it has everything and the um period references because it does a lot of period references are just really really beautiful so i would um yeah i'm all about that it's a if well i don't know if you it's not for the faint-hearted they really really do like do some gruesome gross things but i mean i I love stuff like that so is it is it like is it is it a funny Oh, it's a bit of everything, yeah. It's uh, not okay. like, you know, it's creepy, it's uncomfortable, it's got some brilliant reference. I don't know how else to describe it other than the fact that it's fantastic. Like, I'm, <laughs> you can see me, I'm like, this is not an ad. <laughs> okay, I'll be adding that to the list as well mm. then. What was your third one? My third one. Okay, right, actually, it's a tie between the two. I couldn't p- oh, pick which both. film. Yeah, yeah. I can do them both, right, okay. Yeah. I'm a massive Quentin Tarantino fan. Uh-huh. Um, so if you watch Jackie Brown... Which is, uh, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen Jackie Brown. It's such a good movie. Such a good movie. And like, I don't know, I just like sort of lead female character. The saturated colours are like brilliant. And I think it's really nice to kind of like, I know they say like look at makeup artists and look at makeup designers, but I don't think necessarily that's always the way to do it. I would look for directors because they have a style and then they sort of cherry pick their designers to suit that style. And, you know, if you look at Ryan Murphy, his style is beautiful. It's completely different to Quentin Tarantino, but they're both amazing. I don't know. That's my, um, I always go for directors and then you find the style within the director. Oh, that's interesting. Jackie Brown is a really good movie. It's a cool movie, isn't it? It is a cool movie. And Um, then I have to, I have to finish with 1917 because I've seen it about seven times. Have you? Have you seen it? Yeah, I have seen it, yeah. I'm not sure I could watch it over and over again, though, because I think... Yeah, no, go on to it. Because it's intense. It's intense, yeah. Yeah, do you know what it is, right? Did you see... I didn't even know that Colin Firth was in it. His makeup was ridiculous. Um, Like, good, ridiculously good. Oh, sorry, yeah, I should say. Right, in the north, when you say ridiculous, it means... No, no, I know what you meant. I I wasn't sure what everyone else would understand what you meant. Very true. No, 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 ridiculously good ridiculously good he was so um there were quite a few I would say they were all like cameo appearances because they were in it for like one minute or something yeah. at the oh beginning God. and there was like a few others that were Benedict Cumberbatch and um yeah they slowly built got... Colin Firth didn't they they were like yeah. people in and then yeah I mean he was in it right at the beginning and then that was that but it was mm-hmm. the two guys the younger guys the soldiers I guess that but it was a very good movie I guess from a like a hair makeup and prosthetics perspective exactly. it would have been an intense film because oh, it was just full of blood and bodies and well you just think wherever that that actor will have been you know this is what people don't realize is a hair and makeup artist is a sort of like an extension of them because you know if he gets shot in the face or I don't know get shot in the arm instantly in order to believe that that's happened you somebody has to put the blood there yeah and you know 
with them filming that one camera I just don't even know how I think that's why I've kept watching it because each time you watch it you realize something new um yeah they filmed is it they filmed on just one camera and there there was very very little scene cuts yes um, I tried to watch like a making of and they tried to make it like it was one whole sequence wasn't mm-hmm. it it was just one long running which is so impressive but it's so it's because they're pushing boundaries that's what I, I really like about it so I think it's definitely a watch it definitely no it is it's a really good watch just generally and also visually I, I would agree with you it's a it's a, an amazing kind of feat yeah um but thank you very much Fran for coming on the podcast it's been really fun it actually has thank you so much for having me thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Fran tune in the next episode where I'll be speaking to production coordinator Lucy Hopkins and if you get a moment if you could please subscribe follow or like on your podcast platform thank you